the VR Podcast. Your realm for all things immersion tech, education, and business. Prepare to be transported. Here are your hosts, Alex, Stephen, Amanda, and James. Season two, episode three, crafting epic VR access with Classcraft. Our guest today is Sean Young, CEO and co-founder of Classcraft. Sean, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what Classcraft is for our listeners who aren't familiar? So my name is Sean. I was an educator for a decade at 11th grade physics and creating meaning in the classroom. And I did that through project-based learning around STEM. My entire year was just projects um, and that was super engaging and fun. But I also felt that there was a lack of community in my classroom. And so really wanted to create meaning around the fact that this was a collective experience. They were there together. And that's how I came up with the idea with Classcraft, which was to literally transform my classroom into a game. And I was a programmer, and so I just built it and used it for three years for myself for even talking about it, and it was super cool and fun. And then I just made a website to talk about it, and it went viral. So, you know, here we are today, five years later. Classcraft has grown up from just being a gamified classroom management system to a full-fledged engagement management system for schools and districts where we're connecting both the non-cognitive skill development, the behavior side, SEL side of it, to personalized learning through quest lines uh, that are gamified as well, and then uh, providing super powerful, rich school climate and, and engagement data analytics for school districts. So, you know, we're now in the hands of 6 million kids. We're in 160 countries and bringing the mission of play to classrooms uh, more and more all over the world. So for, for a five-year-old company, that's a lot of hands to be in for a kindergartner. Five-year-olds are about kindergarten age. So. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you, you, want, you want to know the, the funny parallel to that? I, I actually have a five-year-old. He was born the, the like week after we started Glasscraft. So, wow. He's the exact same age as Glasscraft. Yeah. Hey, just a question. I'm right, right near me, we have the Games in EDU conference that happens. Have you ever been down to this one? Typically, it's in the Albany-Troy area. I um, have not. My, my co-founder is Devin, who's also my brother. Okay. He's based in New York, so he may have been there. I would feel like he would have. So just out of curiosity, I've, I, you know, I have a mapping background, and I know in Classcraft there's a map that allows teachers to create quests for students. They deliver lessons, assignments within the context of sort of a gamified storyline. And what are some of the best use cases that you've seen for teachers that are using some of these these features? We've been seeing all kinds of cool stuff, honestly. Like the What's cool about quests is that it's like, it's more than just a map. It's a lesson plan and authoring tool that's like predicated on storytelling, first like branching pathways and the whole game experience. Like it's connected back to the avatars and stuff. And so it's the first like experience at scale in education around like massively empowering teachers to create like choose your own adventure type narratives around their classrooms and around coursework. And then intentionally building in differentiated instruction. Branching pathways in a story is really about like choose your own adventure. But from a pedagogy side, it's really powerful because it means you can either steer students towards outcomes that are achievable as a teacher. Yeah, that are and that are meeting them where they're at, right? So you could be like, do this note on, on the map and then like my dyslexic kids are going to go on to an audio capsule but then my like you know gen ed students are going to go over to like actually reading the material or you know and then like you've built that so then like all of a sudden you can say well actually i have a struggling reader who's not dyslexic but he could use that resource too so you can actually like in real time be 
navigating and guiding your students, but they can, you can also build like self-assessment in there and then students can do that themselves and they can choose their own pathways. It's really about giving students voice and choice around a really engaging medium and, and around their own curriculum, but, and at the same time having the like pedagogical rigor to be able to like continuously assess and move students throughout these personalized pathways. And, and we've been hearing a lot about like adaptive learning right, which is like AI doing that type of stuff. This is a completely different approach to that in the sense that A, the teacher is making that assessment, like humans are making that assessment. And, and they're customizing it. Exactly, and then like adaptive learning is a lot of the same types of problems, right? It's like do problem A, and then like based off of how you do, you'll do problem B, which is like similar it's just another like math problem with Classcraft quests. You, you can put in like a VR experience. You could hook, you can say like, go do this thing in Minecraft or talk to your teammate like that. Maybe that's what the note is like, just mm -hmm. have a conversation nice. or maybe it's do an assignment or maybe it's, you know, people can use it in like gym class and just go do 10 pushups, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And so when you were talking about like, what are the best use cases, all kinds of stuff, we've got like elementary school teachers running their day. It's, it's like five points on a quest. We have STEM teachers, large, project-based learning over a month with these quest lines and anything in between. It's a really robust framework for authoring and creating gamified curriculum. I know it's definitely helped me problem solve with some of my after-school programs. Within Steampunks, the after-school programs that I run here in Kentucky and hopefully Dallas soon, I am teaching a broad age range from like kindergarten to fifth grade. So I'm teaching a video game design class right now in Scratch. And the branching of the pathways has allowed me to tell my kinders like, hey, you're going to animate your gamer signature name. They might spend two weeks doing that, but when they're done, they can join, they can kind of go in and go back and go back to that starting point and then go and create a chase game or a catch game. So being able to give those branches and those pathways has helped me not have everyone doing the same thing and having it self-paced, the students who maybe have done that or have experienced coding get to go on to like the shooter game and I don't have kids just sitting there at the end like, okay, I've done that. What do I do mm -hmm. now? It's been very powerful for me being able to provide that unlocking of the quest. That's super interesting. See another use case. <laughs> uh, and, and, and what's cool about it too, like we, we talk about the pedagogy, but like from a, from a student's perspective, like they don't see the whole map. They're like unveiling this journey. And so there's no stigma around like, oh, you're going on this like remedial pathway. It's like, I didn't even know there was a branching path here. I'm just going down my own learner journey. Just like when you're playing, you know, Super Mario Brothers, it's like Super Mario World or like Super Mario Brothers 3 where there's these nodes on the map and like by doing the work, you can unlock secret levels and like all kinds of stuff like that. So I think from like an engagement standpoint, uh, there's something really powerful in that approach. Um, and I, I love that you don't call it an LMS, a learning management platform, you call it an engagement platform. And I appreciate that. I think it's, it's a subtle nuance. I think we're, we have people who are doing amazing stuff with Classcraft and the kids never log in. That's not the case with the Quest because that's all about like get them. But like we have like schools like where they'll do like whole school-wide implementations wow. and they're giving students points. Kids are dressing up as the characters and, and they're, but they're not on the app, right? They're just that real life becomes the game. And mm. like, so ultimately it's not about managing digital interactions. It's about empowering uh, students and teachers to live a playful experience that will then transcend in, in app repercussions around culture and school climate. 
social emotional learning. And so all these whole child approaches that we're really interested in, well, we can facilitate them off of this basis of engagement, right? And so, if, hey, if kids want to be there, imagine how, how much more you can do with them and how much further you can bring them on along their learning journey than if they don't, right? And so that's really like the, the basis of that. And that's why we like really wanted to make sure that the engagement piece was front and center because it's, it's both the, the ends and the means to drive all of these other initiatives like that are that, that are attached to that it becomes like the the locomotive for for like the educational train like let's then like okay like it's moving and it's pulling kids forward let's hook other initiatives on the back of that yeah i i just want to say i think a game board makes so much more sense than traditional ways that it's been done in education and i'm i've done some digital badging research in the past where it's you know like having agency and choosing your next step is a huge piece of stickiness for students and i think putting it in a game board makes so much sense i also I've been just playing the retro Nintendo. Some of those, you know, Mario with the, you know, you can choose the branch and then unlock. It just makes so much sense for for hitting this generation with sort of familiar constructs that they're familiar with and giving them and giving the teacher the the ability to sort of manipulate that. It makes a lot of sense from a learning pathways perspective. When students come in and they're going to do a bell ringer, they're never like super excited about it, but to put a bell ringer in Classcraft or to even build it into the random events, the kids come in and they're like, hey, Ms. Fox, we doing a random event today? <laughs> they, yeah, they won't yeah. let you forget it. <laughs> they will not. <laughs> and I think that like the, the there's there's two parts of that, right? One is like we're, we're tapping into to their, their culture of games right and you know you look at fortnite like everybody's heard about it by now what's fascinating about fortnite is not the scale that it has or you know how fun it is or any of that is that it's bleeding over into real life like i don't know if you've ever seen kids in middle school like doing the floss dance you know, like all those dances they're like orange justice yeah exactly <laughs> that's fascinating these are things that are happening in the game yeah. Now kids are doing them in real life. That so, means it's so more are, than entertainment, it's their culture. When are our mages and our warriors going to start getting their own dance emotes? Oh man, the, the storytelling <laughs> team has really been pushing us to, to start animating. Oh. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it. Like that's, that's, the next, that's the next big thing. So this is the VR podcast. So I kind of want to segue into what you guys are doing in terms of virtual reality. Tell us about the VR pieces that have been integrated into the Quest and how does it work and what experiences can, can teachers embed? Like what do they have access to to pull in to when they're authoring these lessons and these projects? This is like beta stuff. So. <laughs> Which is <gonna> awesome. <laughs> I guess this would be like six months ago or so. We we work with uh, Discovery Education's uh, Learner Network, and we embedded their VR stuff right into into a gamified storyline quest. It's like 360 video. It's it's cool stuff. Like the I mean, Discovery has great content. We uh, basically built the infrastructure to be able to both embed the 360 video, play it full screen. Like if, if students have like Google Cardboard, they can like straight from Classcraft, like put on their Google Cardboard and, and have this VR experience. And that was super cool because A, it opens up new mediums. Like, like I was saying, like we're saying like, hey, in a quest, you can like have real life discussion. You can go play Minecraft. You can build something or you can do VR, right? And so this is it like 
more mediums that are attached to that cohesive lesson experience, basically capturing all the different forms, learning mediums that teachers could want to use. And so what that did was A, prove that it could be done, prove we could do it, and also create the first gamified VR experience for education. There's a distinction there between like game-based learning and you know gamification. That's important because it's definitely probably not the first VR game that's used in education. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's the first gamified lesson plan that has VR elements and that are part of it or that could be the whole experience. As a teacher and an instructional designer, choose to have a little piece of that, a little piece of this and create a really robust experience. And I think, I think that to combine with storytelling. So with storytelling, we, we access and leverage empathy. And with virtual reality, we're leveraging, uh, we're letting people and students experience things versus just sit and get. So when can you combine the empathy piece of storytelling and then the experience piece of VR, I think there's going to be some pretty powerful lessons that come out of Classcraft in the future. Absolutely. We're really focused on, on that. We're in the process of really building out like storytelling tools for teachers because uh, we just kind of put the storytelling piece on like write stories, which is cool because, you know, it's, it's, it's teacher first where we respect teachers as creators. And, and that's how we're building the platform. That said, uh, you know, it, it's awesome to give them more context of like, what are these characters? Why are they here? What, what are these islands? Like, and so we're, we're working right now on like fleshing all that out and making it available to teachers so that they can create their own stories that are aligned with like the artwork. We, we're really committed to helping teachers do that in, in, a, in as robust a manner possible and, and then have like students build fan fiction, right? Like, because they get really excited about it. Oh so why, why not empower them too, right? Uh, specifically around like ways that students can give each other ex- and start brokering some of the game management as well. That it's not only teacher driven, but the stu- there's like a network of a myriad of ways to, to get points into the system. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think we really touched on that for listeners who aren't familiar, but as students go through and they complete assignments, they complete assignments early. You can just give random GP or GP is what they spend to pimp out their characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. XP is experience points and then AP is action points. So yeah. just to, to give unfamiliar listener a little background mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. And what well, I love, what I loved about it is the teacher can determine sort of the value, what, you know, the values that they want to honor. So if you see a student helping another student in the class, you can give some points for something like that. So rewarding the behaviors that the teacher wants to see, which is what I thought was, was really cool about yeah. that. Positive mm-hmm. reinforcement and then bringing f- the actual physical classroom and physical actions into the digital world. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that like we've been, as we work with more and more districts, we've had there's the piece around the classroom management, which is really on point. Like, which behaviors would you like to see? Mm-hmm. Then there's also a whole piece of like continuous assessment, right? Like, let's say you're implementing the castle framework and you want to like develop and assess social emotional competencies like self introspection or naming emotions or empathy. These are actually skills that you can view in the classroom, give points for, and thus like reinforce and develop, but then also assess because there's all the data on the back end. Mm-hmm. So it becomes an assessment framework for, for soft skills at the same time as a classroom management tool, at the same time as, an, as like a, a curriculum building and personalized learning tool. And that's what I was saying. There's like basically a steam engine of engagement 
pulling. It's all these things that we're trying to accomplish in the classroom can be hooked into the framework. So what's powerful is you can go as big or as small as you want, right? So we have some teachers that are like, oh, this is, how do I start? Like, identify three behaviors that you really care about and just give points for that. Like, just do that. Yep. And then like the kids will like start asking for more and, and propose ways for you to do it and, and it'll grow organically from there. So to get back to your question about, about VR, Amanda, I think that like what we did in that project was really open up the proof of concept of what we could do. And as you know, we're responding to what teachers are asking for. So as more people ask for, hey, I would love to embed, you know, this type of VR or hey, I want more, I'm, I'm building my own you know, tools in, in like co-spaces, for example, I would like to invent that. Like as those feature requests come in, we'll, we can build the authoring framework to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I, I teach a, a virtual reality and augmented reality class and I was looking at the quests and I'm like, oh, wow, I can embed links to the co-spaces spaces mm. and then have them go out of Classcraft to open and experience the space and build their own and then submit the links as the assignment. So even though they're not experiencing it within the app, you're still able to structure, manage, assign, and collect within Classcraft. So. Uh, agreed, yeah. And, and you know, I think that that's like the, the way to, you can do a lot right now with that approach in mind. It's kind of cool to do it embedded as well. Uh, <laughs> like this, yeah. the seamless experience. I so we want to do more of that. So, so Sean, we'd like to introduce you to Eugene from CoSpaces and Jason from Merge. Here's a message to future Eugene. Nice to meet you. I'm, I'm, just, an ed, I'm just an ed tech business matchmaker. So oh, perfect. We want, we want you guys to like get together. Okay, Cupid for tech. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is the future of AR, VR, and immersive technology with Classcraft? So you said you've got proof of concept. So where do you go from there? Like, where are you launching to? I think there's, there's, there's multiple pathways. I think from a storytelling perspective, you know, VR is amazing. I, I think that there's a hardware concern around VR that is, in my mind, not yet solved in education. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, we work with schools we're like, oh, we have a VR headset. I'm like, it'll be awesome when you have like a hundred VR headsets, <laughs> more than no, because every, every student wants it, right? So I think that there's a, I think that's going to change rapidly. You know, the hardware is becoming more and more affordable, cheaper and cheaper. We can, you know, hack it together with our phones and like Google Cardboard and stuff. Like we're, we're getting there, but I think that's still a, a few years out before we see robust, interesting at scale approaches to VR. I think also there's like a challenge in terms of the production costs, mm. like producing a really robust VR experience that's like has a beginning and an end and isn't just like a room you can walk around in and has it like meeting is like resource intensive. Unless you partner with someone who's already doing it. Yes, uh, the people who are doing that are uh, really robustly are like video game companies, right? And so they, they're like, what are the incentives for them to get into the ed space? And this is a whole, we can do a whole other podcast about like, why aren't there more games in education? Until we figure out like either democratizing the, the tools, mm -hmm. easily building VR experiences, and then democratizing the hardware and then bringing in premium type of experiences. It's like those three conditions in place are, 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 are going to create something beautiful and amazing. And I think we're a little bit ways off there, but we'll, you know, definitely contribute to that. I am excited uh, today about AR though. I think that there's mm -hmm. a lot of potential there. 
already. Like you don't need fancy hardware to do that. Uh, you don't need you create really cool experiences. I mean, in a way, Classcraft is AR uh, because you're adding a digital layer on top of you know, real life interactions, you're creating new meaning between students and the way they interact with the real world. And so from that sense, it's already AR. There's no like, it's not like the goggles or whatever, but the, from, from a conceptual standpoint, it is. And I think there's a lot of ways to like dig deeper into that concept and that idea. I really love that adding the, uh, the game layer as you're augmenting the classroom reality. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I hadn't thought about it in that way specifically, mm-hmm. but in a way it is bringing it in again. And like you mentioned before, something that's very familiar with the students and something that they're comfortable with and just adding that, that layer on top of reality, which is I think going to be transformative mm-hmm. and well, it's getting there. Absolutely. I mean, Classcraft is like Pokemon Go. Like, what, what's Pokemon Go? It's not that great of a game. What it is, is you, like, rediscover your neighborhood. Mm. That's what's super cool about it. And Classcraft is like you rediscover your peers and you rediscover the classroom. Classcraft reminds me a lot of the Oasis. I have to, I have to go back to Ready Player One. Our first season one, we talked a lot about Ready Player One and made a lot of references to it. But you've got, you've got Team High Five right there. You, you've got your warriors, your mate, and they're working together to solve problems. And in the case of the book or the movie, to find these keys and the storytelling piece of that combined with class craft dream a little bit with me here. Imagine, I, imagine. No, I'm dreaming. I, <laughs> a year from now, maybe three years from now, class craft is in VR and the students have their avatars. They use facial recognition to transplant their features onto their, you know, their characters. They become their characters. They work together with their peers in this digital space and they're completing this journey in VR. Instead of going from here to there on their computer screen, they're walking from here to, to there. So. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I love that vision. What makes me laugh about people um, comparing Cloudscraft to the Oasis is like in Ready Player One, they're jacking it, like they're, they're going to school, right? And they're like, you have the whole universe like virtually as like your playground for education and what you're replicating is like a 1950s classroom with like, <laughs> it's like let's put on a headset so we can sit in rows behind a desk like and, and learn about the 80s <laughs> yeah it, it, it was such a fascinating like as i was reading that and they're like the 80s how he goes to school i was like i'm like this is supposed to be visionary and like the education model they're proponing in this book is like the old school, the most old school thing. Kids that are in school today, mm-hmm. when they get to like the workplace, like their vision of what school was for them, and, or the, you know, or maybe I'm too optimistic, but let's say the kids, like those kids' kids, by the time they get to like the workplace, they'll be representing completely different models of what school is and what education is. So Sean, for, for teachers that are ready to take the leap into Classcraft, what are some ways that they can get started? And, and obviously we'll put some links in our, in our notes, but what, what's the best way to jump in and get started? I mean, the, the, the best way is get your principal to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> that's not doable. There's, you can get a free account, classcraft.com. Uh, there's a, actually a robust amount of stuff in the free account and it's free for forever. It's not like a time trial thing. And, and that VR quest is available for free. You can, yeah. uh, you can take that and you can assign it and yep. you already have your first quest. You can send your students on their way. Well, we are uh, going to wrap up. 
Thanks to each of you for the talk and thanks to our listeners for joining us on this journey. If you liked our conversation today, don't forget to check out our other episodes. We also want you to join in on the conversation. Use the hashtag VRPodcast to ask questions or comment on VR, immersion technology, or even about the Virtual Reality Podcast. You can ask us directly in the Anchor app and send us some Classcraft questions. Thank awesome. you, Sean. Thank, thank you again, you so Sean. Much. Thanks for your time. And uh, thank you all for uh, listening to, to all the listeners out there. Listeners can go to classcraft.com slash podcast and use promo code podcast to get $16 off a yearly premium license and a free class pack, which includes two posters and 48 stickers for their students in classroom. This is valid through the end of March. Want to hear more or connect with us? Subscribe to the podcast and find us on social media at The VR Podcast.